Well, uh, hello everybody. Welcome to week three of the uh, Professional Insights Podcast. I am Brandon Curry, Josh Bond, Jeff Collins, and Trevor Lindy. Thanks very much for uh, liking and sharing and listening. We've had uh, some pretty good traction uh, the first uh, the first couple of weeks, which is amazing. So congratulations to Don and Ross Tufford for um, liking and sharing our uh, our posts and giving us a, a couple questions to to to, track, to tackle today. So that's how you win. You like and share. And where, 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 Trevor, what do you do? What are all the places that you can see it? I, I don't know. So the podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Okay. So wherever you want to subscribe to uh, uh, to the podcast, that would be great. You can subscribe. You'll get notifications every time that uh, new episodes episode goes live which we are trying to do every Monday and we're sharing on Facebook too right we are sharing on Facebook yeah absolutely it'll be available uh, on Facebook and basically what we're doing on that share though is when I've shared it I've grabbed the iTunes link because I'm an iPhone user Uh, for you guys that are Android Android users you're grabbing the the Google Google Play Google Uh, so okay Um, questions coming keep the questions coming and remember to like and share and uh, we that's how we choose your name so uh, what's on yeah. what's on deck, Trevor? So uh, for this week, we're gonna get started with Brandon, and right. uh, the yeah. big question was uh, talking about the difference differences in insurance. So um, with, just with respect to time, guys, I'm just gonna talk. I'll talk. I'll quickly explain it too. So the first, there's two types of insurance in my world, um, based on my fiscal licensing. Um, so we you either have health insurance or you have life insurance. So under the health insurance, obviously a lot of people know uh, group benefits. That's that's a separate conversation on its own. Then you have something called critical illness insurance and then long-term care insurance and then personal health insurance. And that's on the health side, but that'll be for uh, a later topic. And then on the life side, you have two main types of insurance. You have term insurance and you have whole life slash universal life insurance and I'll tackle uh, those two today. So essentially the difference between term and whole life insurance is essentially the difference between renting and buying. So term is exactly that. Term will cover you for uh, X amount for a specific period in time. So 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And that price is locked in for that said period of time. This is why term is so cheap. Uh, term insurance is essentially mortgage insurance. That's exactly what it is. The only difference is, is you're locked in for the five-year uh, duration of your mortgage. So that's and that's why it's so cheap because the probability of you dying in that time is very very low. Um, so it's going to be cheaper versus the whole life option. Now. Um, Upon your term renewing, if you are individually medically underwritten, like we are, like you are at Sun Life, for example, um, then your premium, without any medical underwriting, and I'm dealing, and for those listening, I'm talking about Sun Life specifically, okay, on how we work. Um, your your term automatically renews without any medical underwriting or anything whatsoever, and gets locked into another premium, which is obviously higher for another. 10, 15, 20 years, whatever your term is. Or you, if your health is still good, you can rewrite and re-underwrite, in which case it'll be lowered because they've, they've assumed your health would be at a different stage at that certain period of time. Whole life, for example, is basically uh, 
you own that insurance. It has an intrinsic value. There is a there's a usually usually a cash surrender value. There's usually a uh, money that buy, that builds up over time, and um, that price never changes. And it's you pay it uh, essentially till the day you die. You can pay it off in twenty years. You can pay it off in whatever. There are limited pay options, but essentially the majority of people keep it until the day they die. Um, if you live past age 100, um, our whole life policies automatically pay out. So the minute you turn 100, and let's say you had a $100,000 whole life policy and you're still alive, that policy will pay out $100,000 tax-free, which if you look at the actuary tables, um, you know people are living longer anyway. So that is uh, essentially the difference between the two of them. Um, I hope I answered that question. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I'm definitely going to ask you uh, on another episode will be getting into a little bit more of the uh, conversion factor that you guys have from term over to permanent. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, right. um, just so that we don't take up too much time in this episode. So uh, next question, we're going to head over to uh, Jeff Collins for it. And big question that, uh, that, that we've all been asking is uh, the best time to list a house. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit for us, Jeff? For sure. And I think that everybody will probably think the same way that the best time to list a house would be the spring market. And and really, Roy LePage does the majority of their, their business in May, June, or actually April, May, June. That's about 10 to 12% of the market each of those months. So 36% of the whole year is done in that quarter, which is a little bit better than 25% of the other ones if you average it out. Um, but you also have to consider that when it's the best time to market, you also have the most amount of competition. So not only are you going to be having your house in the market, there will be many other houses too. So many people will be looking at everything out there. I, I still believe the spring is probably the best market as long as you prepare the house for market. And, and, and right now, we've got one of your houses going up for sale soon. And we're really making sure that it is basically moving ready. So I think regardless of when you list it, if you're ready for market, it's going to be better than if you're not. So, for example, if you list in the winter time, which people just are dead against, um, you have less competition to go against. So it could stand out a lot better than it would in the spring because in the spring you've got hundreds of listings coming up every week. So people have the tendency to wait and wait and wait. Uh, so it's interesting and, and it's really dependent on the weather. So like a year like this year where the weather's terrible, it can kind of kill the market a little bit because nobody's leaving the house because they're sick, it's cold. Uh, the GTA factor that we can go, go on to in another episode too is not at full force right now because the houses aren't selling in Toronto as much as they were in the past, so they're not coming down right now either. So that's the interesting part about it. <laughs> Sorry. What's, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of that uh, in the next episode as well. I believe uh, the questions that are going to be addressed by uh, both uh, Trevor and I are, are going to be touching on the impacts. Yeah, so for you guys right there, when would you think is the best time to, to list a house? Is it the same same consensus for you? Think spring market's the oh, best? Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I've <coughs> had clients that have debated whether to do winter or whatever, and, and uh, I know, for example, my own family, my sister listed right last year, right before Easter. And <clears throat> for whatever reason, Easter was, I think, at the end of March last year. And then all of a sudden, she sold no problem. And then a couple weeks later, going into the end of April, great to your point, <clears throat> uh, Jeff, 
well, ton of competition on the market, and the the time on market was ex- with her neighbors and her friends where yeah. it was extended for sure. Yeah, right. Right now, the the inventory on market would last about three months. Where last year, about the same time, you were looking about a month and a half, which was historically low. Uh, this year, the time on market is about three months, which basically means that if no more listings came on the market at all and everything sold, it would be gone in three months. There'd be nothing left. <laughs> right now, it's starting to shrink a little bit, so it's going to go closer to two and a half. Uh, and the reason being is it is the spring market, so more people are coming on the market, but it's also going to be a flood of listings that are coming too. Now, Lindy, you, you told me that what's the biggest move-in day for you for mortgage closing? And this, uh, this will back up, I think. Yeah, I, so off the top of my head, um, the couple largest closing dates actually, Bond, you can even yeah, uh, answer our, this one. From our perspective, it's always usually been traditionally the last day of June or you know, towards So May 2 for weekend and all that, right? Just before spring. Well, no, no the actual closing. Our market is, is it's a little bit after yours. Yeah. Just natural yeah. progression, right? Yeah. So if you guys are normally busy, you know, April, May, June, we're busy. You're closing a month and a half later. July, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know? yeah, so those close. Def- most definitely the most busiest times within that. Uh, yeah, I'd say. Summer rush. I yeah, the May you know. 2 for when people are opening their pools, just yeah. after that, that's when it starts to be a flood of people moving in. Very much weather contingent, I yeah. find. Do you give me track my pop? Oh, absolutely. We heard you open your pop that there. That was me opening my pop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not a beer, that, it was a pop. I, I started chuckling and, and we had a little bit of a dead space there on the on the mic. So, uh, But Jeff, just to elaborate a little bit more, you're talking about you know the best time to list a house, it's being ready for market. Uh, you know, What are some of the things that, you know, uh, again, you set yourself apart? What do you do to, uh, to prepare for a market and, and how do you kind of coach and advise your clients the best way to, well, uh, to I like prepare? I like to say what I'm getting ready for market I like to stack the deck and I think you need to to make the house stand out amongst the crowd more or less and the way you do that you have proper people giving proper advice on how to prepare for market and you know one of the people I employ is a stager uh, myself I go through and I tell you what buyer psychology will kind of point out to you what they like and don't like really what you want to do is eliminate that honey-do list that the husband will get where you know you have a, a little bit of carpet that's torn up because people don't know what to do with that or you have a leaky window or you have terrible floors or anything like that when you do that, then the smaller the honey-do list is, the, the better chance you're going to get an offer in the house. So really, market preparation is everything, and a stager and proper photography can do that to get you there. Awesome. Okay. Sorry about the beeping. Yeah. That was me again. Jeez. <laughs> like, you just you, can't sit still. I was going to say, future episodes have to be recorded elsewhere. So yeah. anyways, yeah. Uh, that about wraps it up for this week. So thanks again to uh, everybody for tuning in. Uh, looking forward to moving this forward and kind of continuing this on a weekly basis. Uh, again, Brandon, who... Uh, who was it that won this week? Uh, Ross and Don Tufford. Congratulations. Awesome. Okay. Great, guys. Uh, perfect. Keep the questions so coming. Keep them mm-hmm. coming. Absolutely. Don't uh, don't be afraid to hit us up on social media. Uh, again, you can find this on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.